When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome and um, thank you all very much for coming here today. Um, I would like to. But uh, ultimately, you know, you, you sit back and you say to yourself, there's not much you can do if the entire world is against you. And that's what it is when it comes to textiles. There was no way to turn it around. You can offer more grants. You can say, please stay on for another while. We'll give you more money. But that is only buying jobs and it's not a realistic approach. Um, the socioeconomic profile with proposals for future development um, is a documentary that has been done by Donna Consultants. It was a way of life to me. I knew nothing else and I had no idea where I was going to go, what way I was going to go and what was going to happen to me. It was like... Part of my life was over. On the last day, I was sort of like uh, a lost sheep, you could say, because all the units are sort of gone, but we, me and a few more girls, we read out stuff, you know, stuff that scissors and that, that the girls had left behind, you know, and loose chains and that, and that was all sort of through under the poor boxes and that, you know. And I said, what am I standing here for? If Muhammad can't come to the mountain, the mountain will go to Muhammad. So I went down, got my money, and had a bad. And that was hot. But it was just like any other day. Nothing to market as the last day working in the company. The managers came out wished us well. It was similar to somebody retiring, but without the ceremony. And we always loved sending the penny to the black babies, and it's a problem for some that now the those black babies, if you pardon the expression, have now got to the stage where they do need a job as well, as, instead of a penny sent to them. And therefore, we have to grow up and we have to expect and accept that everyone has the right to develop. The African countries, the, all the third world countries, they have the right to develop. In relation to their operations in Donegal, all of my efforts and that of the IDA and that of my predecessor have been with a view to maintaining as many jobs as possible in Donegal. Uh, if t-shirts can be made for 15% of the cost in Morocco, uh, then it's obvious uh, what the consequences of that are. If it's one thing the sea teaches us, it's that nothing stays the same for long. There are tides that bring plenty, tides that destroy. Now Bunkrana was washed up on its own shore. This was the town that created the factory girls, but the company that employed most of them was moving on. Five years after the place had taken its first hit, I came back to find out what the factory girls were doing 
and to see if they could help me make sense of the tides turning. How are things in Morocco? Western shore Here got independent No France or Spain anymore And you've got industry coming It's coming soon To build up your country Your country My name is Willie McCarter and my family have uh, been in the textiles business in Buncrana since 1932, um, including Fruit of the Loom from 1987 uh, onwards. Uh, although I left Fruit of the Loom, as did uh, my other family, family members in 1997, 1998. Well, the 1980s were very difficult years in general. We did okay because we were contracting for Adidas and Levi and uh, people like that. But there were very, very competitive conditions, uh, very high inflation rates. Uh, and indeed, one of the reasons that we decided around 1985 to uh, seek a joint venture in the US was because of the difficult conditions and they thought we could do a job for Fruit of the Loom and uh, they ended up investing around $200 million uh, in a what I think uh, was the largest vertical complex of its type in the world where uh, raw cotton in the bale uh, and polyester came into Derry was spun in the uh, spinning mill, which is still there at Campsie. Some knitting was done there, more knitting was done on Buncrana, bleaching and dyeing, cutting, sewing, uh, sewing in Buncrana, in Derry, in Mullenhead, uh, in Milford, uh, and, and Rafaux, and we were setting up in Dunlow when things came to, came to a halt. The first thing that would strike you when you entered through the loom would be the noise. The noise was terrible. It would be say like a hundred bulldozers all going at the one time. The noise was really, really loud. And the next thing that would strike you would be the heat. Now really, really warm. And the summertime times it was very hard to put up a stick as I would call it. The noise and the heat and you take them uh, you take the noise then of the radio and all people chatting. When for the loom was at its best, there were at least seven hundred on the floor at the one time. So you take the noise of machines, the noise of girls, the noise of radio, all at the one time. That was some noise. It was very fast, very different from anything I had experienced previously because I worked in hospitals as an auxiliary nurse prior to getting married. I found it chalk and cheese working in the hospital and with patients in comparison to working with individuals who, were, who seemed to feel that speed was of the essence. Everything had to be um, on time. Um, minutes, seconds were counted. No time could be lost. Um, you were given six minutes to fold 12 T-shirts. And maybe by the end of an eight and a half hour day, you had 500 garments folded. 
Oh, you got into a rhythm. It was like when you when you looked, all you could see was work going through the machine. You know, I would say today there is a lot of people have got stuff necks and stuff joints. You know, at, through nobody's fault. It was just the just the way the system worked. It mightn't have been physically hard, but I would say for a lot it was mentally hard. You know, like you know, you were trying to concentrate on your work, and you were people had wings at home, and you know, it, you know them them kind of things all. But we were always taught that no matter how big your problem was in your personal life, you never you never took it into me. You never took it into work with you. ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ちゃんと、ち
Ben Dunn, who was a customer of uh, of ours, and I, I knew him for quite a number of years. Ben said to me one time uh, about something or other, you might as well try to keep the tide out of Phoenix Harbour. Uh, you might as well be trying to tie, keep the tide out of Phoenix Harbour, keep the tide out of Bunkrana Harbour, as try to st- try to think that you're going to keep all those jobs in Ireland because you basically can't if you don't run with the tide. Uh, you you won't you won't be there anyways. <laughs> well, when the workers first when the workers first got um, news that Fridolin was opening up in Morocco, they were concerned about their own jobs. Because on occasions work would become scarce and the workers thought, well, if it's getting scarce at home now, what's it not going to be like when Morocco opens? Who's going to feed Morocco? Well, uh, Morocco to me was just a country. I have no great detail about the country. I presume that in my own head it was a poor country. Um, for the loom, reasons for going were from a business point of view cheap labour and they'll get the t-shirts and sweatshirts made a lot cheaper from a business point of view you could understand them uh, from our point of view it was taking our jobs away but other than that we had no control over the situation even with the best will in the world they were going to go on and do what they were going to do and they weren't going to stay just for us your Blessed be the fruit of the loom. A friend of mine is a long-standing customer of Fruit of the Looms. In the beginning, deliveries used to arrive in boxes proudly packed by, say, John McLaughlin, Boncrana, Ireland. Now they come proudly packed by Mohammed Ramoni, Rabat. Behind the scenes, as production shifted from one continent to the other, were workers from Boncrana. Well, when we were told going to Morocco, I asked the question, where is Morocco? Because like, I didn't know where it was. Like, um, I was told it was in the north coast of Africa. They set up a new plant out there, and they were still on the construction. And it was when we arrived out there. So we had taken new sewing machines, or sewing machines that they had purchased for the job. Like, set them up and commissioned them, and then get the gears on. And then we had to recruit uh, Moroccan maintenance personnel and train them. Um, and we don't, I was there for, originally for about seven or eight months. Um, we loved there. So we just basically started, started to supply. And the job that, that I was out there to do, body language had a lot to do with it. You know, I could point and show them how to do something and they could watch and do it. And if they were making a mistake, it's easily to point it out. And I'm sure some people must have asked you when you come back, how did things like pay and conditions in the factory compare with here? Did they ask, were people, were locals curious here as to what the conditions were there? Well, to be honest, I think by the time I got to Fruit, it was up and running a few years, and I think they all had that information back home before I got there. So, you know, but no, Fruit was, as far as the, the girls was all, they, they were all quite happy to get, be employed in it. So there must have been something good for you know. And again, because of the language barrier, you couldn't get into that with any of the locals because they wouldn't have been fit to explain. So it wasn't a case of um, being fit to straight communicate with any of them about that. 
I don't actually know the periods. wasn't discussed at my level. Um, I know it was lot less expensive. I remember hearing um, English managers in the hotel because there was lots of English companies there. Um, there was lots of companies there, but even some of the companies were actually leaving Morocco when we were arriving there, going to cheaper places like Russia, Pakistan, and there, which were even cheaper than Morocco. So they were moving on as we were moving on there. Um, I think the reason being was that they no they had moved they had moved there first, and some of the garments they were making were being made in them countries. So they had to move to the country that, that was competing with them. Well, as, we I said you. To, as I said to you, right there, we want a few, we lose a few, few you know. Yeah. And as I said, when you were there, you know, you had it up past the personality that you were dealing with. Oh yeah. You know, you weren't going on there to argue with a personality. Oh, you were no. there to argue for your right. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, but nothing got to do with the person. No, nothing no. to do with the just person. the issue in hand. Crossed that way, yeah. but that just, wasn't actually the just the issue in hand. Hand, yeah, that was it. I mean, it will be interesting to see what kind of an ethos there is in among workers and management in Morocco. Whether there will be the same culture of standing up for yourself there. I wouldn't think so. I definitely wouldn't think so. I don't know. I don't know when they used to hear it. Knows no. after after if if they do have a trade union mm. because a lot of them countries you know that is a taboo subject mm. so really and truly you know whether there is a union in existence I wouldn't imagine so and I don't know to no, be honest, honest and I couldn't remark on it no um, but while we were in the company and we inquired about the conditions and the rates of pay and what have you for the Moroccans were there any, were they anything similar to our own we were just told that they're happy with it they're in similar con- working conditions to our own and the rate of pay is second to none for them out there that's for volumes that's for volumes I wanted to go there and meet the workers, see for myself how factory work had changed their lives. So I sent my request to Fruit of the Loom in Rabat. I asked Bridie to come with me and recruited a Moroccan journalist, Hisham Hudafa, to act as our guide and interpreter. He reported back that our request was being considered and asked us if we'd like to visit other places to get an overall picture of the textiles industry in Morocco. Before long, we were taxiing through one of the biggest industrial zones in Casablanca to get our first glimpse of the factory girls of Morocco. of Casablanca? Uh, officially it's around um, 3.5 to 4 million people. Yeah, And uh, Casablanca is the biggest town in Morocco. The biggest um, airport is in um, 
is in Casablanca. Um, it is basically the economic capital of Morocco. What is the situation in terms of equality for women in Morocco? I believe that things are improving. Exactly, things are really improving. Uh, actually, after um, in 2004, uh, the Moroccan Parliament um, approved a new um, uh, status, new uh, family 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 code that uh, give women uh, not the same rights, but. Uh, almost the same rights than, than men. But uh, between uh, the law and its application, um, there is a long, uh, long way to go. associated with so many machinists in operation at the one time. A big open floor of um, machinists. A sight I thought I'd never see again. Um, automation hasn't taken this away yet from the manual power that is required to be a machinist. The skill, the time, the labour that's required, physical labour, um, to achieve the finished product of um, a company. This is obviously the top end of the local garment industry, making trousers for the British market and paying workers the minimum wage of roughly €50 Euro per week. The management here tells us that most northern European companies won't source work from poorly run manufacturers with bad working conditions. They believe that they can survive by adapting to the ever-changing demands of the European fashion industry. Companies making simpler garments like t-shirts are already leaving Morocco to find cheaper labour elsewhere. Uh, my name is Fatima and um, I'm uh, 35 years old. And have you worked in other factories before you came to work here? Yes. And one of the things, we, we're very, very impressed with the standards and the conditions in this factory. Go on. Uh, and do you have experience, perhaps, in other factories of different conditions? Also, in, in the former company, uh, the conditions were good. And uh, I want, I suppose, sometimes in our countries, we don't appreciate that that women are free to work in Arab societies. Mm -hmm. Can you tell? Maybe she can tell me a bit about her. Is it? Is it? Um, uh, how do women? Many women work here, and, mm -hmm. and I have to, to do all the things in the house plus the hours that I have to spend in the in the factory. And so you have children as well. And you have a family. Uh, and and family and the, oh. and the dad. No, no, I. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs>
she said if, if you if you if you can propose a man she will not say no i'd like to get a, 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 an understanding of how important her earnings are for her family it is it is very very important for for from the my my parents are not working and um, i have two brothers in school so basically i have to i i have to give a, a big part of this income to my family to make the the house run but uh, also i put some some money aside for myself <laughs> Wise lady. I was just going to, to ask you about how, whether it is possible to raise a family on this wage and also to educate your children. Is it, is it, you know, is it a survival wage? Is it a? قلت لك وش وش هاد العمل اللي انت خدم فيه وش تعطيك ال الإمكانية أنك ت أنك تدير عائلة ولا أنك ت أنك ت he said that he can't make a family with this income. It's just for himself and for surviving himself. Before we leave Casablanca, Hisham takes us to meet a friend of his that works for the city council's tax office. His job takes him to the backstreet garage-style operations, where manufacturers operate entirely outside the law. Here, workers consider themselves lucky to bring home half the legal minimum wage. <laughs> One of the big, biggest problems uh, for the workers is they don't have any social security uh, health coverage. The monthly income is, is very, very low compared to uh, the, the minimum wage. Uh, it's around uh, one, 120 euros per uh, month. And uh, also uh, the conditions of work are, are difficult because they have to work um, uh, around 12 hours a day in, um, in a very difficult conditions while the average uh, hours uh, must be eight hours per day. And tell me, what kind of women work in these conditions? The first um, uh, criteria uh, of uh, those women is poverty. And uh, in general, because they're analphabets, they don't have any other choice. It's either they work, uh, even if in those bad uh, conditions, but they got an income at the end, or they're going to stay in the house, which is worse. And when you say they're analphabet, they Illiterate. cannot read or write. Exactly, yeah. 
niveau de l'Afrique. Il a dit que c'est comme être entre un rock et un hard place. D'un côté, ces entreprises kind of ont un espace en termes d'emploiement, parce que beaucoup de ces gens sans éducation ne vont pas avoir d'autre travail dans d'autres places ou dans une plus structurée compagnie. Uh, and also they, they, they permit to uh, a, a lower wage uh, population to get a, to have access to clothes at a very um, um, low price but but in the same times it hurts the the, 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 the economy of uh, the country the last leg of our journey took us to Rabat word had finally come through that we weren't allowed to visit fruit of the loom Morocco because we didn't submit our request first to Fruit of the Loom Bunkrana. We wanted to see the place anyway, so we took a taxi across the river and drove through the back streets of Saleh. The place was dotted with small workshops open to the street, and here and there we spotted groups of women squatting outside factory entrances. Oh, we're now witnessing the tax inspector gave us yesterday of the small garage workplaces. Um, I can't imagine anyone at home working in similar conditions. There are a number of people sitting around close to these workplaces um, waiting to be called for work. They could sit here for hours on end and may never be called. This I'm led to believe by our driver is um, a shanty town. One of many we're led to believe in Morocco general. It is similar to what we would call um, a landfill site. Uh, loads and loads of rubbish uh, along the ground. It's flat ground. Children and adults um, within it. It's what, what you would see uh, on TV in, in the news, the, the images, the, the, the plastic and, and cardboard and pieces of wood are all linked together to try and make some shape of a dwelling to live in. There's animals picking through the rubbish and children walking on top of it and it isn't a nice sight. What kind of work is there for for the people that live in these very, very poor conditions? Most of them, they don't have a job. Most of them, the majority, they are not working. They are staying in the house, taking care of, uh, like we see there, you know, the, taking care of, uh, of, of the, what we, we can't even call it a house of this uh, barrack. And they're having like a prep, uh, like a primal, primal life, you know. There, there is a very basic condition. No, there is no uh, no water, no uh, no uh, no electricity. 
Are there schools in this area? Machine. Machine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a machine operator. In, in what kind of an operation? Uh, in a in a in a in a machine, in a 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 fair conditions. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which is the the actual uh, the actual uh, minimum wage. Maybe you should give us an idea about what it's like for a working woman here in Morocco living on the industrial wage. It'll be the, he's interfering by say, telling her to say the truth because we're just, it's just a journalist asking a question and he also um, and she agrees that uh, the conditions uh, you know doesn't doesn't give them the opportunity to do much uh, much much things you know like getting married or um, or, or living a nice life. Can you tell me if her factory closes or if she loses her job, does she have any support from the state or how can she manage? No, no, no support and it's going to be hard for me to find another job. She was telling us that um, uh, even if she's paid nine, nine dirhams per, uh, per hour, uh, she doesn't have. They don't. They, they generally don't have enough hours per 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 week or per month. So they they they're not having the 200 euros, uh, and they end up with much less 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 money. Plus, she said that the the, the a lot of factories have closed uh, nowadays, and uh, the situation looks uh, really really bleak. The situation of the textile industry here in the town of Sale, in the industrial zone of uh, Sale, uh, looks uh, looks bleak.
It's 2pm and the shifts are changing at Fruit of the Loom. We decide to go there in case the taxi man sees anyone he recognises. I'm the third Irish reporter that's been refused access to Fruit of the Loom Morocco in the last few years. We suspect that workers have been warned not to speak to us and we don't want to get them into any trouble. Blessed be the fruit of the loom We've parked just around the corner from the Fruit of the Loom plant here in Sally and we've been sitting here for about half an hour watching women coming to work for the two o'clock shift and leaving again. We've made some efforts discreetly to contact the women. Can you just um, tell me, Hisham, what's, what the atmosphere is like here? Uh, it is very hard to express this, but uh, uh, the workers are... Um, we approach some workers, personally, and uh, the taxi driver also. And uh, from my my uh, experience, uh, like I, I tried to, I, I didn't mention anything. I just a journalist. I didn't mention the medium, which is radio. I didn't mention your nationality. We just want to ask you questions about uh, the conditions of work in Fruit of the Loom. And they were scared. They were really scared. They were no, 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 no. And I said plainly why. I say uh, no because we're scared. We don't want to lose our job. Uh, but I want to say something very, very important that uh, uh, in in the industrial zone of Saleh, it is well known that the best and uh, the well-organized company uh, that give um, good wages for uh, for uh, their employees is Fruit of the Loom. Brady. Um you were anxious earlier on when the women were passing by that we don't in any way jeopardise anybody's position, that we be very discreet and all of that. What are your feelings here now? Having worked in the company in Ireland, I have an idea of how uh, strict the company can be in relation to speaking to the media. And um, I was fearful for, for the employees. But as you said, and as our interpreter said... They have nothing to fear. They're, they're, they're providing the Moroccans with the highest level of working conditions and I, I don't understand where they're coming from. What have they to fear? They were a good bunch, and there was a lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, had invested in their homes and had taken out mortgages and that. And to this day, I often wondered, you know, what happened to some of them? You know, sometimes I might see them on the street, but then there's a lot that I haven't met. The money was good at Fruit of the Loom, and some of them didn't finish school, but... Some of them did go back to school, took their degrees and got a good job out of it. And maybe, in a way, further room was the making of them because they saw both sides of the coin. 
you can only do a job for so long and then you get fed up. So the girls started on there, most of the girls started in Fulham Bunkana were between 16 and 24 when I set up first. Most of them girls now would be 30 to 38 or whatever. Um, and I'm sure a lot of them would be born out this stage, making t-shirts day and day. Uh, they say Donegal's forgotten county and it seems that way. But I hate to think that we, we were still making t-shirts here like we were 20 years ago. Because if we were, no, where's the progress? No, where, where is the progress here? I probably wouldn't be in the position that I'm in today working with special needs children if I was still employed through the loom. I was disappointed, all right. I, I never thought I'd ever see that day coming, like most people. But um, I moved on. Um, and as I said, um, I'm content. Wear and tear on them particular joints. And is it work that you would have recommended to the next generation of young girls? No. 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 But I would. I'll, I can. I can. I'll say that two girls here agree with us. It was the best lesson in life. When you come out, you had a degree. You did. <laughs> you might not have. You might have been photographed in the paper with your degree. No, you don't have a degree. With a degree, degree, no right side. It was a crash course on life and job. Mm. Oh, definitely. Oh, blessed.